0: Good morning, good morning, Rabbotai. Breakfast on the class today is dedicated in loving memory of Millie Marcus, Alea HaShalom, the Nishmat Malka Bat sponsored by the Marcus family. And as well, breakfast on the class is dedicated for the refu'ah Ashlema of Bahia Rivka Esther by her grandchildren, Gail and Sunny Hadid. Rabbotai, the pasuk says something, which at first glance seems like an interesting pasuk, but if we take a look at it, we see something, I think, much deeper than you might first uh, have imagined and God placed the uh, chen, the grace of the people. They found favor in the eyes of the Egyptian of the Egyptian people. and they lent them everything that they could want. They lent them. The midrash actually says it's not only that they lent them, but if they asked them for this, the, the misri would say, "You want my gold uh, candlesticks? Why don't you have my uh, my uh, platinum watch? Why don't you have my uh, silver uh, chariot?" whatever they would ask for, the Egyptians would want to give more. Why? Because, Hashem God gave the uh, Jewish people, He gave them favor, He gave them grace, He gave them a certain charm, which made it um, so uh, exciting, so happy, made the Egyptians so happy to be able to give to them, that they wound up wiping out, wiping Mitzrayim clean. Rabbi Otay, there's something here which I think is very beautiful, and the Sifarim point this out, and I think perhaps, uh, the, most blatant, uh, the most blatant expression of this was something that I saw through the uh, lens of Rev. Ruven Karlenstein. He said, I want you to imagine for a minute, someone comes to your door, they knock on your front door and they say, hello, how are you doing? Is anyone home? Can you hear me? Could you open the door? You don't even know who it is. You look through the peephole, you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It's this guy from down the road, anti-Semite, hates me, hates my life. He has swastikas painted on his house, right? The guy, every time I drive past, he gives me the Hail Hitler salute. I'm not gonna open the guy's door for the guy, right? Anyway, the guy says, I see you, I see you there, open the door, all right. Begrudgingly, you know, you put the the, the door on the latch, you open the door a little bit, you're like, what do you want? And the guy says, look, I see you're nervous, don't be nervous, I'm not here to hurt you, I'm not here to yell, scream, fight. I just, I was wondering, is there any chance you could lend me $50,000? What are you gonna tell this anti Semite from down the road who hates you and you hate? What are you gonna do? You're gonna tell him, uh, I'm sorry, you want $50,000, go to the bank. You don't come to me all of a sudden now asking me for for favors, right? Isn't this an obvious thing? And you definitely wouldn't say, $50,000. Sure, not only I'll give you 50,000, here's 100,000. Why don't you take my chairs? How about the, the silver candlesticks? Can I give you, can I interest you in a flat screen TV? You're not, you're not going to add on, for sure not. It doesn't make any sense. Let's pay attention to what's happening here. The Egyptians have such a hatred, such an animosity towards the Jewish people. Started <clears throat> over 200 years ago. With Paro telling all the Egyptians that um, the Jewish people hated the land of Egypt, they their loyalty was to some other place, and if a war would break out, what would happen? The Jewish people would join the enemy, and they would fight against us. So they considered them treasonous people. They considered them a godless people because we know the god of the Egyptians at the time was, uh, they used to serve the sheep. It was a holy animal in in, uh, in 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 Egypt. And when the Jewish people came from Israel, all of the people, what were they? What was their job? They were shepherds. In fact, the Chachamim say that's where they had to be in the Eretz Goshen, because the Egyptians wanted nothing to do with them. If this is the case, you have a people who you have 200 years, Of hatred of anti-semitism too guy knocks on your door um you know i'm going out to the desert three days we have this uh you know this mini vacation that we're going out to the desert We'll be back probably on Sunday afternoon. Is there any way I could borrow like the most expensive thing that you have? Maybe uh, some of those, uh, that looks magnificent, that beautiful brooch with the big fat diamond. Can I have that? And also, can I get the, uh, you know, and the Egyptians, not only is he lending his mortal enemy a people that they hated so much that they subjugated and tortured and enslaved for 210 years. And all of a sudden, what's happening here? They're giving giving their house away. How could that be? Rabbi there are many miracles that happen in the land of Egypt. Um, But this is not one of them. At first glance, you think, oh, God made a miracle. He had the Egyptians give them stuff. No. God made a miracle that the Jewish people had chen. They had this uh, indescribable charm, a grace. They found favor in the eyes of. And the minute that that was the type of person or people that they were then it was almost an intoxicating thing to do a favor for them. It was an exciting thing to give them your, uh, your, your valuables. So the miracle was not that the Egyptians gave it to the Jews. That's not what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says, And God gave grace to the people, in the eyes of the Egyptians. We're learning from here an unbelievable message. Yes, that is how it works. Ultimately, the Ba'al Habayit, the owner of Khen, who decides who gets Khen and who doesn't, who gets grace and who doesn't, who decides that? Boreh Ulam decides that. And a lot of times people, we go out of our way to try and find favor in the eyes of people. You know, the famous line goes, you know, we spend money we don't have on things we don't need to impress people, uh, we don't like. That's the nature of our consumer world today. The things that we have to buy, the way we have to push ourselves financially, and then they don't even make us happy, but we have to buy them because everyone has them. That sneaker, that car, that house, that address. rabutai, it's such a fascinating thing. And this is, I think, the point here. You're trying so hard to be liked by somebody when that chen is actually not something that's going to happen because of this or because of this but rather it's a God-given gift uh, that comes to a person and when you have it, things go your way and when you don't, it doesn't. And I wanna talk a little bit about this. Rabbi uh, Rev. Kahlenstein was once, he was in a hat store and he sees there's there's this boy, young boy, he's trying on a hat He's got his two friends and each time he puts on the hat, he fixes it like this, fixes it like that. The friends are looking, you know, and they're asking, it's a little too big, a little too small, a little too high, a little too short. The pictures are too big, the pictures are too small. They're going through this whole thing. Finally, the rabbi says, what's going on? The store owner says, listen, I'm really sorry they came first. I have to finish with them, but they've already been here for two hours. The rabbi looks at these boys, yeshiva boys, who could be studying Torah and they're here for two hours. He says, what are you doing? The boy says, rabbi, what do you want from me? I started shiduchim now, I'm going out, you know, I I need to find, you know, I need to find favor in the eyes of the girl that's going to, that I'm going to take out. So I got to get the hat that's exactly right. Rabbi says to him, you think the hat's going to make the difference? That's what it's going to be? If it's exactly the right, you know, you think the girl even knows the difference between the hat that has this ribbon or this ribbon or this high or that? That's not the point. If you've got it, then you've got it. If you don't have it, no hat's gonna fix that. Rabotai, no shoe is gonna fix that. No suit is gonna fix that. No address is gonna fix that. Ultimately, chen is something. It's this intangible thing that we pray for. In fact, on the Havdalah, we say, tov Elohim May we find favor in the eyes of God and in the eyes of the people. But well, let me express this idea in terms that we're all familiar with. You ever meet someone that you do them a favor and it's just so easy to do them a favor. You do something nice for them, you feel great about it, and then they tell you, wow, thank you so much, I appreciate it. You're like, no, stop, please, don't even mention it, I love to do it, Here, let, me give, let me help you, let me drive you to the door. Right? You give them a lift. The other guy, he asks you for a lift, you're like, I can't, I'm in a rush. Like, and he says, please, just the general direction, you're like, oh, why is it that this guy? You so appreciate, you so want to do him a favor, and this guy not. What does he have that he doesn't have? Or vice versa? Chen, rabutai. Chen is the secret ingredient. It's the ingredient that a person walks in and asks for a loan, and the person decides to give him the loan. The other guy, I'm gonna bet on you. What do you mean I bet on you"? How come this guy, not that guy? There's something, a gut feeling, that a person who has Chen, engenders in someone, it engenders trust, it engenders likability. Some people are just likable and other people simply or not there's something about them that irritates everyone they're not the, they don't have that life experience where people want to do things for them no one ever wants to do anything and when they do even the smallest thing they i can't believe he didn't say thank you i can't believe he only said thank you in a text i can't believe he didn't say he said thank you on a phone call i can't believe he didn't bring me flowers i can't believe etc 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 for a person with no chen, there's nothing he could do that will make you feel good about what you did for him Person who has chen, if he even says thank you, it offends you. What do you mean thank you? Anybody would do this. For anybody. What are you talking about? Rabbotai? So I want to talk for one second about this elusive thing called chen. In fact, we find this idea chen appears in other places as well. And one of the places that it appears is in the Pasuk where it says, Va'etchanan and I prayed to God. And what does it say over there? God, I prayed to God. We learn from here that the Sadiqim consider all the kindnesses of god Matenat that as if they were a gift that was given for free not because i'm righteous i prayed i did mitzvot i learned torah but rather i didn't deserve any of it Hakadosh Baruch Hu, wow unbelievable what you gave me you're you're just giving me freebies here you know i didn't do anything to deserve this i can never repay you matanat chinam a free gift you know there's some people who their life is a life of entitlement the life of entitlement is the opposite of chen. If I deserve something, that's the opposite of chen. What, you can't take me to the down the road? You're going anyway. So what, I don't have to take you. You have this with kids, kids tell their parents, you have so much money, why don't you buy me a car? Why don't you help me buy a house? Why don't you, do-? I don't have to buy you anything. I don't have to buy you anything, I don't owe you Anything, I took care of you, I raised you, I paid for your schooling, I sent you to the right places, I raised you to be a person, now go out into the world, make your own way. Entitlement causes such a natural knee-jerk reaction to push the other person away. But on the other hand, when a person feels that everything is matenat chinam, that everything is given as a gift, free, so to speak, I did nothing to deserve it, if the gift was free, that it's all on your kindness, then suddenly, becomes much easier to give to that person because you recognize that that's how the person will look at it as well. We find this as well with Esther HaMalka. Esther HaMalka seems to be quite an annoying uh, uh, wife. You know, everyone's getting prepared. They're getting all dressed up, all dolled up. Esther says, no, I don't want the extra thing. I don't want the extra makeup. I don't want the extra perfume. Make me as plain as possible. Whatever Whatever you say, Haggai, I have to take, I'll take. Nothing else. She goes to the king. King loves her. Why? Because Esther was By the way, she wasn't so beautiful. She even was a little bit tinged green, it says. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that she looked like Shrek or like Oscar the Grouch, but there was a greenish tint to her complexion. And, and still, and still, Achashverosh was madly in love with her to the point that even though he hated the Jews so much, she stands up and she says, please, you know, save my people. Ah, oh, Achashverosh is like, oh, they're your people? Fine, forget it. Let's just erase the whole thing. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? This is the nature Rabotai of chen. Esther Malka gets asked by her husband, where are you from? Which people are you? What's your lineage? She doesn't answer. You kill someone for doing that. You invite the king to a party. The king says, "What's the party about? Tell me. What does she say? Come tomorrow. What kind of chutzpah? The answer is Rabotai. Even if you make a party, and even if you invite the person that the king is a little bit worried about, is usurping his throne, even when you invite him, even when he's nervous, even when you have all the reasons, Khan allows a person to get away with unbelievable things. Because they have that adami nature where a person looks at them and they say, this is a good person. I want to be with that person. I want to invest in that person. There are no quick fixes to Khan. It's not the right suit. Sometimes people, they think, I'm gonna to go to the meeting, I'm not gonna wear such a fancy suit. If I wear a nice suit, the guy's gonna think I'm rich. And if he thinks I'm rich, then I'm snobby. So if I wear this kind of clothes, then it will seem more down to earth. And they're trying to manipulate the game. Manipulation also stinks. When you come to someone with a honesty, with a integrity, with an authenticity. It doesn't mean that you need to be a shmata, you need to be naive, but you need to come in when you project that image and you say, if I do the right thing, then borei olam will take care of me, then you project an image of chen and suddenly things start to go your way. Where even your greatest enemy is willing to give you a hand up like the Egyptians. Their greatest enemies. And they lent them whatever it was. To this gift of chen. And Rabbotai, you don't just need it in business. And you don't just need it, uh, you know, uh, in Shiduchim. You need it with your wife. You know, we all have, we all have things, rough edges. And we make mistakes. And whether or not your wife decides to forgive you, oh, you know what, his intentions were good. He didn't really mean it. That's chen. He's a good guy. Deep down, he's good. When you make a mistake with your kids or with your parents, that's chen. Come here, Rohi. I can't, I can't be angry with you. That's the nature, the beauty of chen rabotai. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was trying to come to God, even if I don't deserve Eretz Yisrael, I tried to make myself worthy of a matanat chinam and beemet, Moshe succeeded because God actually told him if you pray once more I'm not, I'm not going to say no but I don't think it's a good idea and Moshe Rabbeinu has the kavod to not say one more word Baruch Adonai Olam. Amen Ve'amen